Our subject then this evening is, is there any meaning to life? That is our life, human life, the life we have, the life we live. And we're considering and asking this question a common question. And it's common because of two reasons. It's common because it has been asked throughout the ages. An Old Testament book of the Bible, Ecclesiastes, an ancient book written around 1000 BC, addresses this question. It wants to know, is there meaning to our life? Is there a reason? Do we have a role? Is there fulfillment that can be attained? Is there a purpose to us living and breathing on this planet It asked and addressed that question and explored it in many avenues. Is there any meaning to life? And that question has continued from that time up until our time. People are still singing Freddie Mercury's song, The Show Must Go On, which contains the lines, Does anybody know what we are living for? And as that song is sung and listened to, that question is still asked, is there any meaning to our life? But this is a common question, not only because it's been asked over the ages, it's a common question because it's frequently asked. Every one of us has asked this question, is there any meaning to life? Perhaps you've asked it every day. And every day you live, you wonder your purpose, your place, your role. Is there any significance to you living among the seven billion people on this planet? Is there any meaning to your life? So this is a common question. But not all common questions are important, are they? The question that we have asked and that people traveling by camels in ancient times heard asked was, are we there yet? We've asked that question, four-year-olds asked that question to them. It is an important question, are we there yet? But that common question does not break into the top 20 important questions being asked by humans. But this one does. This is a frequently asked question, and it's not only a common question, but this also is an important question. Is there any meaning to life? We all want to know the answer to this. We all need to know the answer to this. This will direct our life. This will adjust our life. This will affect the priorities and values that we have, the decisions that we take. Is there any meaning to life? We're thinking of the claims of some famous, thinking of the clues in nature, and then we're thinking of the conclusions of Scripture. Think of the claims of famous. We begin with this because many people will listen to those who are well educated and famous within our society. If someone has been to Oxford University and graduated from there or from Cambridge or from St Andrews, they will be listened to. What do they think? What is their opinion on this question? And many famous people within our country at this time have an opinion on this question. 
Is there any meaning to life? And sadly, many of them think, no, there isn't. There is no meaning to life. Numerous philosophers adopt that position. Philosopher means the love of knowledge. Their calling, their occupation is to consider the big questions about life. And they try to give answers and advice and direction about these big questions. They love wisdom, philosophy. They think of the afterlife and they think of the existence of God. They think of suffering and what it means and its significance. They address these big questions in our life. And they also address this question. Is there any meaning to our life? Any purpose? Any significance? Any role that we have? And many of them argue that there is no definite meaning to our life. Donald Mackay, for example, the Scottish physicist, uh, he coined this phrase, nothing buttery. And by this phrase, he meant that we're not to look for a deeper meaning in events, experiences, circumstances, We're not to think that there's a reason for this accident. There's a purpose for this encounter with someone in your class or in your street. We're not to consider some great master plan that overarches our life and fits all things together. There's nothing buttery. We just have the bread, the plain bread or toast, but, but there's no add-ons, there's no additional levels of a, a, of a super being overarching everything and holding all things together and, and giving meaning and purpose to our life. The sinking of the vessel off the, Gre- the Grecian coast, the war of Ukraine and Russia, The the conflict in Sudan, the COVID pandemic and all the repercussions from that still filtering out into people's lives and businesses today. The assault in Lurgan, the accident in Ballyclare. There's no meaning to it. There's no deep significance to it, Donald Mackay argued. There's nothing buttery. We just have the bread, the toast, and there's no other level to the experience, no overarching purpose to the event. But others, they just consider the, the meaning to life and events as happening by chance. That, that, that again, we're not to consider some plan, some purpose, some design that, that links all things together and, and has order in our life and experience, but everything just happens by chance. Perhaps occasionally, uh, you like me will watch Dash camera program uh, on TV. Here, here is footage that is captured by Dash cameras in cars, or or perhaps from a from a cyclist helmet of close encounters. Often, a few feet to the left, or a few feet. To the right, a vehicle passes a pedestrian. 
And as philosophers view these events, they they consider this just to be chance that the, the vehicle did not encounter the pedestrian changing their life or or ending their life. There is no purpose, there is no order, there is no design, there is no plan that is being worked out. There is no meaning to life. All is chance and accident and fortune. Scientists differ perhaps a little from philosophers in their approach to this question and they answer this question about the meaning of life by arguing, many scientists, by arguing that what happens around us can be explained by physics. There are these laws, these forces, these powers that that are there in nature and, and everything happens according to these laws of nature. And so Stephen Hawking in his program on the meaning of life, he claimed that everything can be explained by physics. He concludes meaning itself is simply another piece of the model of reality that we build inside of our own brain. That any sense of meaning that, that we find in an experience in an accident, in a suffering, in success, it's not really there. The experience has just happened by the the laws of physics and we impose the meaning on from our own brain, from our own mind. We think the event is significant in in our life, perhaps a turning point, perhaps a new chapter, a new beginning, a new take on things resulted from that experience. But that's something we've imposed on the event. It's not something that's essential to the experience. Everything, he argues, and and Dawkins as well, can be explained by physics. Dawkins says, when interviewed by the observer about the purpose of life, well, there is no purpose. And to ask what it is, is a silly question. For them, everything is explained by physics. And celebrities also can give to us this vague answer that there is no meaning to our life. Kim Kardashian claims the issuing of daily photographs of herself on Instagram is her purpose in life. Sue Orman, who has written The Nine Steps to Financial Freedom, herself a successful businesswoman, said that she had more affluence than she'd ever dreamed of. But she felt sad and empty at a loss. She says, for if money didn't equal happiness, I had no idea what did. She considered the meaning of life to consist of possessions, of wealth, of success. But when she achieved that, she realized that she was empty and sad and unfulfilled and at a loss. And so as we listen to to the claims of the famous, to philosophers, to scientists, to celebrities, there are many who claim that there is no meaning to life, 
that any meaning that we find in life and experience and events is something that, that we impose on those. Or some will claim that we find meaning in, in our happiness, in our success, in our wealth, in our advance. But there are clues in nature that the answer that there is no meaning in life is wrong. Because as we consider our world and think of our world, there is evidence that there is design, there is meaning, there is a purpose for, for all things in our universe and especially in the human beings. We're given hints, we're given clues, we're given suggestions that the world that we live in has purpose, has meaning, has significance. When we think of our universe, a vast universe, you remember in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Douglas Adams writes, space is big, really big. You just won't believe how vastly, hugely, mind-bogglingly big it is. I mean, you may think it's a long way down to the chemist, but that's just peanuts to space. John Blanchard helps us to, to begin to think, and, and sometimes we forget about how vast the universe is. We live in our own house. We live in our own street. We drive in our little car, but we live in a vast universe. He says, if planet Earth was the size of the full stop at the end of a sentence that you write. The moon would be five-eighths of an inch away. The sun just over 19 feet away and the nearest star a thousand and five miles away. 467 million miles to the nearest galaxy. The Hubble Space Telescope suggests that there are at least 200 billion other galaxies besides the Milky Way in the known universe. What a vast world we live in. And yet in that universe there is evidence of meaning, of purpose, of design, of intention. The creation to which we belong, the world in which we live and breathe all around us in its vastness is giving evidence that there is meaning and purpose to all parts of it. Paul Davies, the British physicist, writes, it is hard to resist the impression that the present structure of the universe, apparently so sensitive to minor alterations in the numbers, has been rather carefully thought out. The scientists, many scientists, view the universe in which they, we live, they, they recognize that small adjustments to parts of it would bring massive changes to life on planet Earth. The depths of the Earth's oceans were shallower. Massive changes would occur. If the axis of the Earth at 23 and a half degrees was altered slightly, life would end. If the rotational speed of our planet a thousand miles per hour was adjusted, all would be in darkness 
the land-water ratio 30 to 70 was affected slightly, life would be over. The precision, the exactness of each element, of each part, of each angle, of the depths, of the heights, of the distances, emphasizes to us that there is meaning, there is purpose, there is an overarching designer of all things, and this is the universe to which you and I belong. Brandon Carter in 1973 adopted uh, the, the terminology, the anthropic principle which encapsulates the the atmosphere, the the mixtures of gases, that that everything, not only on our planet, but everything in our universe is, is designed to support and provide life on this planet in which we live. And so, as we think this evening of the amazing and vast universe to which we live, we, we can see, we can detect, we can get clues that there is meaning, there is purpose in this world to which we belong. The sun has its purpose, the moon has its meaning, the galaxies have their part and their place. But when we narrow it down to, to ourselves, uh, to you and I, we also recognize and see that there is significance. There is this distinctiveness and uniqueness about human beings. There is this intentionality built into us that is not in the other created beings around us. Suggesting that there is meaning and purpose for our life. Our physical makeup with 40 trillion cells. And those cells have a hundred different types. And those types have different roles and different functions. And they are there working away in our body at this moment. And our skin cells know what to do. And our heart cells have a different function. And they know what to do. Our self-consciousness. One British mathematician, Jacob, claimed that man is part of nature, just like a stone, just like a cactus, just like a camel. But we're different. We have self-consciousness. We're aware of ourselves. We're aware of other things. We know things. We want to know things. Who's winning the US Open? What will the weather be like later on this week? We have self-consciousness. We're different from so much in the rest of creation. We have dignity. We realize that running over a cat is very different from running over a child because human beings have dignity. There is value implanted in being a human being. After 9-11, the medical examiner's office spent over a decade sourcing 21,706 Fragments of human remains from the Twin Towers, packaging them up and sending them back to the families because human beings have dignity and worth and value 
And all of this is suggesting that there's meaning, there's purpose in our life, in our reason for being in this world, on this planet. We have an aesthetic dimension. Along with goodness and truth, we value beauty. We see forms and textures and color and order and design. We are rational beings. Dawkins claims that my brain is just a lump of meat. But we know differently. We remember. We reason. We think. We argue. We are moral creatures. As C.S. Lewis writes, human beings all over the earth have this curious idea that they ought to behave in a certain way and cannot get rid of that. However much tribes and peoples want to suppress that innate moral urge and set of values, it is there indicating that there is value, there is meaning, there is purpose in our life. And we have a spiritual dimension. There are over 4,000 different religions in our world, but that emphasizes that we are innately religious beings. We desire and drive to worship a superior being to us. And while Lenin wanted every religious idea, every idea of God, every flirtation with the idea of God, he considered it utter vileness. Yet religion remains in Russia, the former Soviet Union, and in every continent of the world. And all of this, this design in the universe, this purpose, this order, this harmony, this unity in the galaxies and in the, in the laws of nature, and, and then in ourselves, the dignity, the rational powers, the appreciation of beauty, the, the moral drives, the spiritual urges, emphasizes the value, the importance, the meaning that there is for our life. So we have the claims of some of the famous. We have the clues in nature and the universe itself and who you and I are. Then thirdly, we come to the conclusions of Scripture. Some claim there's no meaning then. We've thought of that already. Others claim that there are clues within nature, within ourselves, as to meaning and significance. Some have considered death in a, in a, in a great way and, and found meaning in living because they've studied dying. Blaise Pascal adopted this approach. He's tried to, to live his life, as it were, backwards. He, he examined death and then he, he, he lived his life in, in the light of that. But we come to open the Bible to hear the answer to this question. Is there meaning to life? There are two scriptural principles which we take away with us this evening which will help us and guide us as we live our life from day to day. One is the general principle found in Romans eleven thirty six, From God 
and through God and to God are all things. From God, the the originator of all things. Through God, the, the preserver of all things. To God. The one for whom all things exist. The one to be honored. The one to be glorified. The one to be admired. The one to be praised. To God, all things are. The galaxies... The laws of nature, the sun, the moon, planet earth, you, I, all things are to him. It means that we're to glorify him, to praise him, to exalt him, to know him, to live for him, to serve him, to worship him, to obey him. Everything in this universe is for God. The birds singing, the fish jumping from from the rivers, the, the trees swaying on the mountains. Everything is to be a mirror to reflect the great creator God. All things are to him. Perhaps you watched the guards on the the parade ground yesterday uh, for for the, the king's birthday. And every one of those 400 guards was only thinking about the king. Everything they did, every step they took, every movement they made was all for the king. And this is what the universe is designed for. From him, through him, to him are all things. All animate things. All inanimate things. But then specifically, within that broad general framework, there is the direction in relation to mankind. Because all things are for God, therefore you and I are for God. Human beings are for God. We are included in that all things. This is giving us the meaning for our existence, the meaning for our life. We are made for God. To love him, to know him, to serve him, to live like him, to think pure thoughts, to speak true words, to act in love, we are made to glorify God. That old book of wisdom that we mentioned at the beginning, Ecclesiastes, it ends with these words. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. We're made for God. Perhaps your grandfather owned a classic car kept it in the garage under a tarpaulin when you would see it occasionally you would think what a waste that is that car was designed for its roof to be down and for it to be driving around the countryside for the occupants to be enjoying the fresh air and the sound of the the V8 engine coming out the pipes at the back there it is lying in the garage rusting away you and I are made not to be successful You and I are made not to be happy. You and I are made not not to to to, to be promoting ourselves or focused on ourselves. But you and I are made 
for God. First Corinthians 10, 31 that we read, whatever you do, brushing your teeth, eating your dinner, putting on your shoes, walking down the street, doing your homework, caring for your loved one, sleeping, running, speaking, whatever you do. This is the the overarching principle. This is feeding into answering our question. What is the meaning of our life? Why are we here? What is our role? What is our function? Whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. All of creation, its vastness, those 200 billion galaxies out there and and beyond, they're all there for the glory of God. And you and I, our meaning, our role, our purpose is to glorify God. But the Bible says, Romans 3.23, that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That this purpose of our life, this role of our life, this meaning of our life, we can't attain it. We can't fulfill it. We can't reach it. And so hundreds are going around our streets empty, ruined, lost, searching because we've sinned and we fall short of glorifying God. And that sin arouses God's wrath and anger against us. But in his infinite love, he has sent down his own son from the glories of heaven. He has come and taken our nature upon himself. He has lived to the glory of God in this life. At the end of his life, he said to his father in a prayer, I have glorified you on the earth. Only Jesus perfectly, fully could ever say that he kept the law in our place and he died on the cross bearing the sin of the world he has risen again and is at God's right hand and as we acknowledge our failings of glorifying God of turning in on ourselves of making our ego the king on the throne of our heart God forgives us and gives us everlasting life that will end in the very presence of God in heaven. So we have listened to the claims of some. We have listened to the clues of nature. We have listened to the conclusions of Scripture. Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So the meaning of life then is not about us. It's not about our success, our achievements, our happiness. It's about our relationship with the living God. It's not an equal relationship. We're the servants. We're the children. We're the disciples. We're the followers. He is Lord. He is Father. He is Savior. He is God. We find our true meaning in life by knowing God as Savior And by living for him. Amy Carmichael from Malisle, just down down the road, uh, she went to serve God in India. When she was young, she had 
brown eyes and she wanted blue eyes and she prayed to God that he would perform a miracle and give her brown eyes. Then she would be happy. Then she would be more attractive if she was a girl that had blue eyes. But God in heaven said, no, Amy, you're having brown eyes. And when she went to India as a missionary, she looked around and she realized that everyone in India had brown eyes. It wasn't about her about God and glorifying God and and you and I we we get obsessed with ourselves, but it's not about us the meaning of life is about knowing God glorifying God Jesus again said this is life eternal this is true life this is heavenly life to know you the living and true God And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. To know God, not like we know Pierce Morgan, or not like we know Camilla in a distant, intellectual way, but knowing God like we know our best friend. We trust him. We love him. We listen to him. Knowing God gives us the true meaning of life. May all of us know that true meaning.